All right, y'all, you're locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we're talking about the Falcons preseason loss to the New York Jets, talking about the bright future ahead for their quarterback situation, what we learned about the Falcons offensive line and who helped or hurt themselves in their chances to make the Falcons roster in this preseason game against the New York Jets. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com. RIP still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans. And of course, the host of this uh, world renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family. Uh, and we thank everyone that makes Locked On Falcons their first listen each and every day. Of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple Odyssey, Google, and Spotify. And you also check out Locked On Falcons on YouTube. And make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Falcons on YouTube. Hit that bell, give us a like, and you will get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. Uh, and so we're here late on a Monday evening or early Tuesday morning, depending on where you are situated on this globe, uh, for at least those of us stateside. For the five percent of you, you know, across the globe, uh, you know, maybe it's a different time zone for you, but sort of giving you my thoughts on this Falcons game, you sort of can get my quick and immediate thoughts on the Locked On Falcons postcast, which you can find on the Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube channel, and of course, you probably may have downloaded it here on Locked On Falcons, uh, the audio version of that sort of uh, fifteen-minute show that Jarvis Davis and I uh, do immediately reacting. Uh, to that Jets game. So if you check that out, you'll get sort of my more extended thoughts on this sort of full episode here on Locked on Falcons talking about this preseason game. If this was the regular season, sort of give you the story of the game. You know, it was kind of a very promising first half for the Falcons uh, against the Jets, a lackluster second half, which resulted in the Jets is sort of coming back down 16 to three at halftime and in winning the game 24 to 16. You know, if we're treating this game like a, a real game that matters, uh, you know, there's certainly things that happened in this game that did matter, but we would be focusing on the Falcons red zone troubles, but we're not going to necessarily panic about that. The Falcons did stall in the red zone a number of times. They were one for five in terms of converting their red zone trips into touchdowns, had to settle for multiple field goals and even, uh, you know, had a turnover on downs late in the game uh, to try their attempt to tie it up under Felipe Franks. Their only successful red zone conversion came on the second drive of the game when Marcus Mariota hit um, Olamide Zacchaeus in the end zone on a very crisp throw uh, in the end zone. And so we saw the Falcon starters and Mariota come out there for three series, the bulk of the Falcon starters on those opening three series, and they resulted in a field goal uh, on a failed red zone conversion, a touchdown uh, on that aforementioned OZ 
touchdown pass and a punt uh, before uh, Mariota gave way for Desmond Ritter. He entered the game, led the team down the field with several great throws, was five for five for 59 yards to get the Falcons into the red zone. But then the red zone struggles reared their ugly head again with a holding call on Rick Leonard pushing them back. Then Ritter hit two more throws to get them back to the one-yard line. And then the Falcons were seemingly going to go for it, fourth and goal at the one. And then Jalen Mayfield got flagged for a false start, and they settled for a 23-yard kick from Young Way Koo pushing their lead to 13 and nothing at that point in time. Then on Ritter's next series, uh, he hit uh, Jared uh, Bernhardt for a couple of big plays, 34 yard gain. Then he hit Michael Pruitt for 25 yards and Bernhardt again for 21 yards. That got the team back in the red zone. Uh, then he sort of scrambled uh, for uh, some yardage. Um, he got down to the three yard line, but then uh holding call on Jalen Mayfield brought it back. Then uh, Rick Leonard was once again flagged for his second hold of the game. And it, you know, Ritter responded well, uh, hitting Demir Bird on a 20 yard throw on second and 28, uh, but then couldn't connect on the third down pass to, to Frank Darby. Um, and, and then you had another penalty on that particular play. Avery Williams got called for offensive pass interference on trying to run a rub route. And so they settled for another coup field goal for 30 yards, uh, at that point in time. And then the Jets finally got on the board just at the end of the first half, thanks to a big pass from Mike White to Denzel Men for uh, for 27 yards, get the Jets uh, into field goal position, and, and Greg Zerline hit a 44-yard kick with time expiring uh, to bring the Falcons' lead to 16-3 to going into halftime. And talking about these quarterbacks, I could certainly nitpick some of uh, Mariota's issues in this game. You know, his accuracy was a little off. That throw to Olamide Zaccheaus was was a great throw, showed great timing, great anticipation, great accuracy on that throw. But there was a couple of other misses. He had a big play to Kyle Pitts on the opening drive, second play of the game, a 52-yard throw, but he kind of underthrew Pitts, who was wide open, burned Bryce Hall, sort of picking up where uh, he had left off in London, where he was cooking Hall in that game last year. Uh, and, you know, had he hit Pitts in stride, you know, potentially could have been, you know, a touchdown for him. Then Mariota hit uh, Anthony Ferguson on a big play on the second drive that helped set up uh, that eventual touchdown on a 39-yarder to Anthony Ferguson. Um, It wasn't quite the tight end leak, but it was a similar type of play. Uh, close enough to that it was something that we didn't see regularly from Arthur Smith in his play calling last year. So those were good things to see. So again, I could sit here and nitpick Mariota, but seeing the Falcons being able to hit on some of those big plays, seeing him, you know, hit with rhythm uh, on, you know, an absolute dime of a throw to Alameda Zacchaeus uh, in the end zone was positive signs. And, um, you know, I think both of these quarterbacks looked really good. Uh, given that I don't have particularly high expectations for the Falcons heading into the season, like, you know, me spending a, a ton of energy nitpicking Marcus Mariota or nitpicking Desmond Ritter to me is not really that meaningful because to me, it's really about the long-term projection for this football team. Again, unpopular opinion among some of you guys that I think this Falcon team is rebuilding. Um, and so therefore to me, it's less about what they do today and, and what they showed in this game uh, in the preseason that's going to translate to the regular season this year. Again, like I'm not really having high hopes uh, for this upcoming season. To me, it's about the long-term future. And again, this is why I continue to sit here on this podcast and, and praise Desmond Ritter, not because I think Desmond Ritter should be starting over Marcus Mariota, but just because he's showing, you know, lots of flashes in these preseason games. So if you're a quote unquote serious Falcon fan that listens to uh, a certain podcast uh, helmed by a, a host uh, that is known, you know, 
you know, by the name of Aaron Freeman, but also by the name of Sirius Black for all you Sirius Falcon fans, then like those are the things that you're really invested in. It's not to say you're you're rooting for Marcus Mariota to fail. You're just not, or at least I'm not. I can't speak for all of you guys out there, but I'm not particularly invested in his success. But at the same time, for all these Mariota stands that are sitting here, you know, wishing, you know, Mariota to get his career back on track and show that Heisman Trophy winning ability and that, you know, a talent level uh, that made him the number two overall pick, you know, seven years ago, you're, you're seeing glimpses of that from Mariota's performance in these preseason games. So I, I, I see it as two thumbs up. Both quarterbacks are looking great um, relative to expectations uh, for those guys. Obviously, you know, I'm a little bit more invested in the long-term outlook for, for Desmond Ritter. But, uh, you know, I, I think certainly uh, we should be looking at both of these guys uh, doing good work, uh, given some of these expectations. So uh, we'll see if that carries over into Saturday's performance uh, against the Jaguars to wrap up the preseason. And obviously we'll see what happens with these two quarterbacks once we get into the regular season. Uh, but but uh, we'll sort of turn the page on the quarterback conversation and talk about the other big question mark we had going into this game, which was the offensive line and whether or not we can really glean too much from this game, given that the, the jets sat their starters uh, in, in this game and we didn't get to necessarily see strength on strength, or I wouldn't say wouldn't call the offensive, the Falcons offensive line of strength for us, but you, you get what I'm saying. The, the jets defensive line strength going up against the question mark, uh, question mark on strength. I should rephrase uh, with the Falcons offensive line, but there were some things that we learned about this Falcons offensive line, including, you know, if you're wondering about Jalen Mayfield's future, you know, he may be on the hot seat. We'll get into that as we uh, continue today's locked on Falcons, but I will once again, plug the locked on sports Atlanta uh, postcast where you can check out not only the locked on Braves postcast, breaking down every Atlanta Braves win on locked on sports Atlanta on YouTube, but you can also check out the locked on Falcons postcast where co-host of the ATL day ones podcast, which you can of course find on locked on sports Atlanta as well. Jarvis Davis joins me after each and every Falcons game. We did it last week. We did it tonight on Monday night, uh, reacting to the jets game. We'll do it Saturday night, uh, reacting to the Jaguars game. And we'll do it each and every, uh, Sunday night and the occasional Thursday night as well. Uh, this upcoming fall and winter each and every week to give you guys a lowdown on that. And of course you can find the locked on Falcons postcast on the locked on sports Atlanta YouTube channel. You can also find the audio version of that postcast here on locked on Falcons should be already in your feed as you're watching or listening to this. And of course, Locked On Sports Atlanta is home for, you know, three other great shows uh, in addition to that Locked On Braves postcast that break down not only local sports and national sports, that's A to Z with Mark Zeno, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, and ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on your preferred podcast platform as well as on YouTube. And guys, I want to tell you about a product that I literally take every single day. It's called AG1. It's made by Athletic Greens. And I started taking it because I want to be healthier. It's basically like taking a multivitamin, but I don't have to take a million different little pills. It's just one scoop of AG1 first thing in the morning, add a cup of water, and your day starts off right. Included in AG1 is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in a special blend of ingredients that improve not only my gut health, my immune system, it boosts my energy my recovery, my focus throughout the day. You can boost those things where you can reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition 
with AG1. And Athletic Greens is going to make it easy for you because they're going to give you five uh, free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase, along with a free year-long supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. Uh, all you have to do is just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So guys, I want to thank you once again for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. But as a recommendation for a possible second listen for you, why not check out Fantasy Draft Week here on the Lockdown Podcast Network? However you play fantasy football, dynasty football, we got you covered here with Lockdown Fantasy Football and Lockdown Dynasty Football, bringing you the daily positional top tens throughout the week to get you ready for this upcoming fantasy football season. Find them both, Lockdown Fantasy Football and Lockdown Dynasty Football on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So, as I mentioned earlier, the Falcons played their starters for the bulk of the first half, um, and the Jets did not basically play any really other starters at all. And, and several of their key second stringers also did not play. I don't think we saw Jermaine Johnson. I don't think we saw, you know, Michael Clemens or two promising young rookies playing in this game, uh, particularly on the defensive line, uh, who we thought could give this offensive line some fits given how well those guys played in their preseason opener against the Eagles. Um, and, um, so it was basically the Jets third string defensive line. So it's hard to, to, draw you know huge conclusions hey Caleb McGarry was not you know getting wrecked by a third string defensive lineman again the expectation is of course not um but you know I, I do think there are positives to take from it at least the Falcons <laughs> weren't getting their butts kicked by third stringers uh so you know as I often say on this podcast you know beggars can't necessarily uh, be choosers in that regard, but it was it was notable to me that the Jets seemed to sort of take the same tack that the Falcons did last summer when the Falcons had the joint practices against the Dolphins. You know, all indications were that the the Falcons came out better in those joint practices. And you know, again, this was part of the overall strategy of Arthur Smith throughout the preseason. But you know, Arthur Smith used that uh, those positive performances on those two days of practices to basically justify sitting uh, his starters uh, for that second preseason game. And the Jets kind of did the same thing, given, uh, you know, all the buzz coming out of those joint practices over the weekend were in the Jets favor. And they basically were like, OK, we had two good days of practice. No need to risk some of those injuries in the game. So we didn't get, again, you know, question mark on strength sort of matchup that we were hoping for. But again, uh, at the very least, you know, the, the Falcons offensive line wasn't awful. Uh, against the Jets third stringers uh, and, you know, pressure wasn't a major issue for them. So that's a positive uh, thing in their regard. Um, now that goes for the starters. When we talk about the Falcons second unit offensive line, that's where the question marks come. And that's where Jalen Mayfield and Rick Leonard uh, were, you know, being penalized constantly in the first half of the game. That's where I think Jermaine Effetti missed a, a block or two as well that led to some negative plays as well. Uh, if you're wondering, Drew Doman did start the game at center and I believe stayed in the game for those three snap series where the Falcons were working their starters. So, you know, much to the chagrin of my locked on sports Atlanta colleague, Jarvis Davis, I don't quite know if the center competition is over as he was so readily to declare on Friday's episode. Uh, so I imagine, you know, in this Saturday game against the Jaguars, um, you know, whoever starts that game, we can assume Again, assuming the Falcons do wind up playing their starters in that game, which I suspect they will, just because we don't necessarily know 
who the winner of the competition at the center position is, at least not yet. Now, maybe they're ready to declare that this week. And, and you know, but basically the point I'll make is we can assume that whoever starts that game probably will be the week one starter heading into the regular season. At least that's usually how it will work. That guy, or at least that guy will have, you know, the, the leg up in that competition. Again, I, I think that's Drew Dolman, but we'll, we'll sort of see. Um, I know Jarvis was pointing in the direction of Matt Hennessy uh, last week. So we'll see how that goes. But talking about that second unit offensive line that Matt Hennessy was playing on, the guy next to him in Jalen Mayfield struggled in this game. The guy next to Jalen Mayfield and Rick Leonard struggled in this game. And, you know, I don't want to dump on Jalen Mayfield too much. He, he He's getting all the grief in the world <laughs> from Falcon fans, uh, you know, regardless of where he turns. But what I will sit here and do is, is the thing, you know, I love to do, but, you know, I try to be the very humble podcast host uh, and, and not do it too much. But uh, I'm, I'm going to sit here and say, I told you so. Right. And, you know, this goes out. Shout out to you, serious Falcon fans that back in May of 2021, again, not this year, but the previous year where you, you listened to this podcast and you were like, why is Aaron so, you know, down on this Jalen Mayfield pick? It's exactly what you're seeing on the field right now. Again, uh, this is for only the serious Falcon fans out there as one of the reasons why you should be, you know, subscribed to this podcast on your preferred podcast platform. But, um, you know, we I sat here and told you guys that, you know, he's a raw project that's going to take the better part of three years if he develops it's going to take at least three years for him to develop and the falcons just are not on that timeline there's there's no time to waste when it comes to developing these offensive linemen and letting Jalen mayfield take his lumps again as i said a year ago that you know on a in a world where the falcons were rolling the dice with justin fields or something like that maybe they could have justified taking a project like Jalen mayfield because it was going to take justin fields three years to be good or whatever and so Jalen mayfield could take three years to be good but you know with matt ryan with marcus mariota and now with desmond ritter you know it just it doesn't really work in that sort of frame of mind and so we need to see this offensive line get good today versus waiting another year or two uh, in that regard. And so, you know, it begs the question. I know a lot of people are wondering, you know, is Jalen Mayfield on the roster bubble? And, you know, I would sit here and say that, like, you know, he's he's not helping himself. Again, I would be surprised at this point in time if the Falcons were to move on from him, but I wouldn't, you know, malign the Falcons for doing so. And in fact, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I would applaud them in a lot of ways just simply because, like, you know, like you can make an easy argument at this point in time. And again, we'll, I'll rewatch the game uh, to, to sort of confirm this. But like, you know, Justin Schaefer is not exactly lighting the world on fire uh, when he's stepping out on the field with third string offensive line. But I'm also not seeing him look like he's lost out there. And so if you're going to develop a, a young left guard, you know, give Justin Schaefer those reps in practice and that will potentially pay off a little bit better for you. Again, he's another raw project. So I'm not expecting Justin Schaefer to, to magically solve the Falcons left guard positions uh, anytime soon either. But like, you know, that time and that energy may be better invested in someone like Justin Schaefer than it is in Jalen Mayfield at this point in time. And so, you know, does that mean cutting Jalen Mayfield again? I would be surprised if that happens, but you know, if you cut him and, and someone else just says, Hey, we can fix him. We'll claim him off the waivers. Then like, that's somebody else's problem. 
right? And let them spend all that time and energy developing him. And you can put all your time and energy into Justin Shaver, uh, Justin Schaefer. And if he doesn't get claimed and you're able to stash him on the practice squad, then you can still say, hey, we can save a little face and say, we're still, we're still giving Jalen Mayfield a, a chance, but we feel like our time and energy is better invested in, you know, a Justin Schaefer or in some of these other players like Elijah Wilkinson or whatever. Uh, so that's an option for the Falcons. Again, I, at this point in time, I would not, if I, you ask me my 53-man roster prediction, I would still have Jalen Mayfield on it, but we'll, we'll see. Again, Saturday, we could if we're having the same conversation again uh, on Saturday, then um, you know it wouldn't be t- completely out of left field that the Falcons were to move on from him. But uh, you know, we'll leave that conversation at that point in time again. Can't sit here and, and crown the offensive line uh, for a, a job well done against one of the premier. Maybe that's overly strong word. I know some of you guys are like, well, they're the Jets. But like a bunch of good players on their D-line. We'll see how 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 much they live up to at least my hype uh, this regular season. But, you know, at least a, a, a defensive line that could have challenged this offensive line in, in unique ways. Uh, we didn't get to see that. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see if the Falcons can do that against the Jaguars or we'll just have to sort of you know, go into the week one with our eyes sort of covered being like, Oh, I hope that this is not another bad game against the saints, uh, you know, uh, until then. But uh, certainly like it wasn't a disaster for the Falcons offensive line. And as I say, beggars can't be choosers. You got to take what you can get uh, for the Falcons offensive line. So we'll, we'll take that as, as two thumbs up. Uh, it, they weren't terrible, right? <laughs> they, they did their jobs, right? We'll take that with this offensive line uh, moving forward. But, uh, you know, we're talking about the the negative aspects of this offensive line. We'll move in a different direction, the, you know, talking about Jalen Mayfield hurting his roster chances. We'll move in a different direction, talking about the players that helped their roster chances to close out today's episode, going position by position, sort of who helped themselves on the practice squad, who's still on the roster bubble, all that and more as we continue today's episode guys but um you know before we get there we know that the falcons are kind of in the process of finding the right people to help their team win this fall and maybe you're looking in the process to help your team uh, help your small business uh fire on all cylinders this fall and linkedin jobs is here to make it easier to find the right people that you want to talk to faster and for free you can create a free job post in minutes in linkedin jobs to reach the world's largest professional network of over 800 million people linkedin jobs helps you spread the word that your hiring gives you simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, guys, again, I want to thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen. Always recommend a second listen. Why not check out Locked On Bulldogs? You know, the college football season is right around the corner. So get geared up for, you know, the defending national champions taking down Bryce Young and Will Anderson uh, this upcoming season with the help of Jalen Carter by checking out Clinton Daniel each and every day on Locked On Bulldogs on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So let's take it position by position, starting out with the quarterback position. We already talked about Mariota. We already talked about Desmond Ritter. Let's talk about Felipe Franks. It was surprising to see Felipe Franks get inserted into the game as early as he did. Presumably, you know, Arthur Smith saw all he needed to see from Desmond Ritter and wanted to protect, you know, the future, the asset uh, moving forward. So Felipe Franks got into the game you know, seven and a half minutes into the you know, left in the third quarter, um, you know, and that was a little surprising given that he's basically throwing, I don't know, like a dozen passes in practice at the quarterback position, spent uh, the vast majority of his time. I saw Tory McElhaney of Atlanta Falcons.com say 85% of his reps at tight end. You know, I feel like, again, I haven't been there every day like Tory has, but, you know, it feels like it's probably closer to 95% than 85% playing the tight end position. Um, and so that didn't seem like a guy that was, you kind of expected to go out there for more than maybe two series and just kind of hand the ball off and manage the game a little bit. He wound up playing four series. He threw six passes, only completed two of them. Uh, he did rush the ball five times, 45 yards. Uh, that was leading the team in that regard. Showed off the wheel, showed off the physical running ability. Uh, although, you know, he only ran the ball five times. It felt like 15 times that he ran the ball uh, in this game. So I like Felipe Franks at tight end. I don't like Felipe Franks at quarterback. And part of the reason why I like him at tight end is because how much I dislike him as a quarterback. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your butt and tell you Felipe Franks is, you know, the next, next Logan Thomas. Although I do hold out some semblance of a hope that he could be, but you know, he, he, you know, again, I'm going to compare him to Kyle Pitts, and I know you guys are going to be like, oh, my God, this guy's the worst person. Again, I already know that, yes, that's how you sound when you when you use, when you you use say those things in the comments. But, like, you know, from a height standpoint, from a weight standpoint, from an arm length standpoint, from a hand size standpoint, Felipe Franks and Kyle Pitts are virtually identical. Again, not saying he's going to be Kyle Pitts, but I'm just sitting saying from an athletic tool standpoint, a moldable piece of clay, there's some intriguing tools there. You know, the speed is not quite there. Like, you know, Pitts is a 4-4 guy. Franks is a 4-6 guy. But 4-6 is really fast for a tight end. It's like 80th percentile speed for a tight end. And, you know, you're seeing glimpses of route running ability and athleticism, you know, on that touchdown to Jared Bernhardt to win the game last week against the Lions uh, from Desmond Ritter at the end of the game. You know, who was open underneath? That was Felipe Franks. The play could have gone to Felipe Franks on that fourth and nine play where he was open underneath. Now, whether or not he would have caught the ball in that situation certainly uh, is, a, is a major question mark. But the point of me sitting there saying is I do think there's legit developmental potential for Felipe Franks. Whether that merits a roster spot is up to each person to decide. You know, I do think he's probably going to wind up sticking on the roster because I think other NFL teams are going to look at that guy and say, hey, there's something there. There's a lot of tools there. So we'll stash that guy on our roster, uh, you know, and, and see what we can get out of him. So I, I feel like the Falcons will wind up keeping him. But certainly I think, you know, I wouldn't dispute anybody that says that's better utilized on the practice squad than necessarily on the 53-man roster. But, uh, you know, Felipe Franks, hopefully we're done with the quarterback uh, reps for Felipe Franks uh, and more tight end reps, I think, will certainly be beneficial to him and his football team in the future. Now, we talked about, you know, the touchdown of Bernie uh, last week. That's Jared Bernhardt. Let's talk about the wide receiver position. And he looked good against the Jets. He had the team leading three catches for 67 yards, all from Desmond Ritter. They hooked up a number of times uh, in this game. He also got some work on special teams as a kickoff returner in this game. You know, we said throughout the early in the summer, hey, could Jared Bernhardt, given his lacrosse background, be similar to Chris Hogan, who successfully went from a lacrosse player uh, to, um, you know, a NFL wide receiver with the Patriots? Could he be a Julian Edelman, who 
was a successful uh, option quarterback in college to an NFL wide receiver with the Patriots. And, and that's also a box that Jared Bernhardt checked as a national champion, I believe, uh, for in Division three football uh, for Ferris State. Uh, and so. So far, you know, he's on track. He's on that Edelman-Hogan track. Uh, I think that's probably leading towards the practice squad. But certainly, you know, I will not begrudge anybody who says, hey, we got to keep this guy on the practice squad because the Patriots, <laughs> if we if we cut him, the Patriots will claim him off of waivers, which, you know, given their history, that you're probably right. But I think at this point in time, there's probably five wide receivers that seem to be locks to make the roster. That's Drake Lennon, Brian Edwards, Alameda Zacchaeus, uh, Demir Bird, uh, who was solid against the Jets as well. Uh, Kadero Hodge um, also making the roster who did start opposite Brian Edwards. We did get to see Brian Edwards make his first catch in a Falcons uniform as well. Uh, but I think everybody else beyond those five guys is fighting for a practice squad, including Bernhardt. You know, I didn't recall seeing Auden Tate play. Um, and so, you know, if he did, he got late action. So I think, you know, really it's a battle between Tate and Allison and, um, you know, Batson and, and Darby and all these guys to join Jared Bernhardt on the practice squad. But we'll sort of see what happens later this week against the Jaguars. Let's talk about the running back position. We saw Tyler Ogio go from the fifth string running back to the first string running back, splitting those first team reps with Damian Williams early in the game. Uh, the running game wasn't that effective. Uh, in this game against the Jets as it was against the Lions. So not a whole lot to glean from that. Caleb Huntley did some nice work late in the game. Also, you know, was kind of up and down, but I think some of that was owed to the blocking more so than poor play on his part. So not a whole lot of movement at the running back position. Uh, you know, I, I've said for a while now, I feel like it's coming down to, you know, from a roster standpoint, Damian Williams versus Quadri Olison. Don't know if anybody really moved the needle tonight. Eileen Williams probably wound up making, so I don't think, Austin really made up any ground in that competition. So we'll see if something happens against the Jaguars later this week. Offensive line, besides the players I mentioned, nothing else really stood out. We'll circle back to that position group if I see something upon rewatch. Defensive line, I don't think Grady Jarrett played. Um, it looked like Jalen Dalton got the start instead of him. And, you know, I think that says something about his potential to make the roster. I saw flashes from Nick Thurman. I saw flashes from Medulla Anderson as well. So I think that's helping their cause to make the backup spots. Um, but you guys know me. I'm kind of patiently waiting to see sort of which players, which veteran players are potentially cut, uh, not tomorrow, but next week in the quote unquote final cuts uh, and see if the Falcons can find some better options to, you know, build up their depth along the defensive line. We did get to see the debut of Troy Anderson at linebacker. He had a nice blitz and quarterback hit on a, a one play. Other than that, not a whole lot to glean uh, from his performance, his debut, nor from the other linebackers. It didn't seem like, you know, Landman and, and Etheridge had as strong a performance against the Jets as they did a week ago against the Lions. As far as the edge rushers go, Ogundeji had a nice play against the run early in the game. Uh, D'Angelo Malone almost had a sack in this game, but uh, the quarterback, I think it was Mike White or Streveler or whoever it was, was able to sort of escape his grasp on that play. He also was out of position on a touchdown run late in the game. Uh, Ebby Ketty was getting some late work as well throughout the game. Uh, and he did flash a couple of times. So, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, he's not in roster, you know, He's not in uh, his his roster position is not in jeopardy or anything like that, but uh, certainly a, a guy that did flash a couple of times that stood out. So if you were looking for that cornerback, another strong performance for D Alford. Now it feels like he's a virtual lock to make the roster, uh, assuming he can stay healthy. Uh, not great nights from my watching of, of Lafayette Pitts or Corey Ballantyne. 
you know, I did see a nice couple of tackles from Matt Hankins, the undrafted rookie cornerback. Uh, So I think that's helping his cause for the practice squad. But, you know, I'm kind of expecting one of these corners, whether it's Pitts, whether it's Ballantyne, whether it's Hankins, to probably get the ax tomorrow uh, in the cut down to 80 man players. And, you know, I, I think Pitts drawing a flag in this game probably makes him potentially the most vulnerable. But we'll sort of have to see about that. At the safety position, Tease Tabor had another good day, had a great uh, interception on a play, uh, you know, following a solid game against the Lions last week where he showed off his run support skills, was able to show off some of those coverage skills with that interception with Alfred on the coverage. I don't think the Falcons will keep five safeties on their 53-man roster, um, but I feel like at this point in time, like Jared Bernhardt, if I was betting on anybody making the practice squad, it would be Jared Bernhardt on offense and Tease Tabor. I put all my chips into the middle of the table to say those guys are definitely going to be on the practice squad uh, when the time comes uh, in that regard. So if I, you know, I'll rewatch the game Tuesday, you know, and and maybe later in the week as well, if I see some things and if guys stand out, I'll revisit them, shout them out on the podcast. But those were sort of my general thoughts watching the game live. Um, As I mentioned before, we will have cuts on Tuesday. As most of you are listening to this, you probably already know uh, who those cuts are going to be. That's going to be the cut down to 80 players. Then, of course, the following Tuesday will be the final cuts uh, down to 53. And we say final because, again, as we've mentioned already, there may be additional moves made between August 30th when those final cuts are made uh, before September 11th when the Falcons kick on the season, as is always the case with most NFL teams. Obviously, between now um, and uh, August 30th, we do have one final preseason game on Saturday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Curious to see if the Falcons play their starters and, and treat that game as the quote-unquote dress rehearsal game uh, more so than they did on tonight, or were the three positive series that they saw from the offense this week enough to get them through the week? Uh, and you know what does that tell us about the competition on the offensive lines and uh, what, you know, again, there's no quarterback competition, but, you know, does that give us an opportunity to see four quarters or at least three quarters of Desmond Ritter? And and how does that help his development? So those are unanswered questions. Hopefully we'll have some answers later in the week. Uh, We'll also have, you know, some insights from this Jets game on tomorrow's episode from Alan Sterk. We'll be back on the podcast. He was in the booth uh, in the, you know, covering this game up in New York. Uh, So we'll get his thoughts on that, although I'll admit because of scheduling conflicts, that episode will be recorded late on Tuesday night. So if you're checking out us on YouTube, that will probably go up a little later on Tuesday night. But for you audio listeners, it will be ready for you Wednesday morning as usual. And so, guys, that's going to do it for us here. Really appreciate you guys making Lockdown Falcons your first listen or, you know, if you're staying up late Tuesday morning, your last listen of the night. But uh, always recommend an additional listen. Uh, whether it's the, the second listen or, or whatever, uh, you can check out Locked On Fantasy Football, where host Vinny Iyer has over 20 years of NFL expertise to help you get geared up for this upcoming fantasy football. Of course, it's Locked On uh, Fantasy and uh, in, in Dynasty Draft Week. Uh, check out those positional top tens each and every day, all week long on Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football. But check out Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer also to get you guys geared up for this upcoming fantasy football season and throughout the season so that you can stay on top of your league, just like the Atlanta Falcons will be uh, this fall. So guys really appreciate it till then.